Hey, welcome to TBT's podcast. I'm Dan Friel. On this edition, we check in with Davin White, who played for 2015 runners-up Team 23. Davin is a native of Phoenix, Arizona, and was one of the true stars of TBT 2015. It seemed like he could score anytime he wanted to all throughout the tournament, including 34 points in the championship game, which Team 23 lost in a heartbreaker 67-65 on ESPN. Not only is Davin an awesome player, but he should be a true inspiration to anyone out there with a dream and the desire to reach it. We reached him over FaceTime from the Canary Islands off the coast of Africa, where he plays for Tenerife in Spain's top league, so pardon any issues you might have with the quality of the audio. As always, remember that you can subscribe to TBT's podcast on iTunes. If you like what you're hearing, leave us a rating. It'll help spread the word. Thanks. Hey, Davin. Yeah. How are you, man? I'm good. So where are we talking to you from today? Spain. Spain. Are you in the, you, you're in the Canary Islands, though, right? Yeah, man. For those of us, I mean, I just had to research this today. I didn't realize how far from the mainland you actually are. Yeah, every 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 game we got to fly away. We fly to uh, to Madrid, usually two and a half, maybe three hours to Madrid, and we fly. I think I lost you there for a sec. You said you fly every two and a half hours to Madrid. Yeah, we fly to Madrid for two and a half hours, and then where it depends on where we plan at, we got another flight. So we always fly to Madrid first. So it's always a three-hour flight, two and a half, three-hour flight. And it's not a very big. I mean, it's, I mean, by American standards, it's not a very big island. Is the Canary Islands, right? No, actually, you could drive like an hour or two hours around the whole island. And this is your second year there too. No, first year. It's my first year. Last oh, I thought year, it, I played I, in, some reason I thought I played it was in Marissa. I, I played in Marissa last year. What, that was, right. what was that experience like in Marissa? Uh, it's more more Spanish. Like is this this is like more like a tourist place kind of. And Marissa was more like because it was like forty five minutes from uh from like Barcelona, so it was more like spanish spanish culture like it's the spanish culture here but like the food with over there was more spanish like here you get more variety and you're you're enjoying the experience there are you acting more like a tourist or a local uh yeah a little bit of both a tourist and a local because uh tourist wise because like we like we go, we go to the beach we go uh i mean we go always go shop wife always go shopping <laughs> So it's kind of like a tours and, and, and a local at the same time. Now, compared to some of the places that you've played in your career, I've got to think this is one of the more luxurious stops that you've had, huh? Yeah. I mean, it's one of the places you go, you can only be here for like two or three weeks because you're actually on an island. You know what I mean? So like when you go to the island, you don't you don't picture yourself staying there for a long amount, a long amount of time. You know what I mean? You go to the island to visit, go to vacation, go to the beach and go home. Here it's like, we're actually stuck on the island. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you're traveling, you know, once or twice a week to go play games and stuff. Is your are your wife and kids getting off the island too with you? Uh, actually, uh, they already they went to uh, her family came out here. Uh, her dad and her sister came out here for three weeks, and uh, her sister haven't like didn't see her uh, her grandparents for like since she was like fifteen or sixteen or something for like ten years. So last week. They actually went to Madrid for like two or three days. Yeah, her and the kids. Cousin, our cousins and uncles. Yeah, to visit her cousin and uncles in Madrid. So, like, when I travel, they stay here, but they actually got off the island uh, last week. Wait, did they all meet up in Madrid, or is your wife's family from Spain? 
my wife family is uh, my, my my wife family is from Spain. Like her mother's, all her uh, relatives is from Spain. Her mom is originally from Madrid, so all her family is Madrid. So it's just one. That's a good thing because it's just one flight. Absolutely. So, so like, did you all meet in the United States, or did you meet while you were playing overseas? No, we met in the United States. Oh, okay. We met in, yeah, we met in the United States. I, it was crazy. I found out she was from Spain. You know what I mean? That's amazing. So all these years you've been playing overseas, and your first stop in Spain, I think, was last year, right? Yeah. Well, finally home a little bit closer for your wife then. Yeah, for sure. Hey, so I wanted to ask you the experience that you had in TPT last year. You all made the finals. Uh, Team 23 made the finals. I probably should have said that from the beginning. And, you know, obviously you played a great game, but I wanted to ask you your, sort of your general thoughts of the TPT experience in, 20, in 2015. Whew. I mean, it was... It was beyond believable man it was, it was like one of them situations like it couldn't be this professional no it was real professional man like it's probably the most professional league i played in outside of i say like germany and spain as far as like everything being like you feeling safe bring your family to the games and the quality of basketball was good because you got a lot of players that play overseas that actually don't get to play on the same team and they actually can in that in that type of league you can actually play with your friends, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, so was that part of the attraction of it to you, is that you would get to play with guys that, you know, maybe you knew from home back in Phoenix? Yeah, actually it was. It's like, because uh, we played in a tournament before, but it wasn't nothing as big as this, you know what I mean? So we was like, oh, you know what I'm saying, let's give it a try. And it turned out to be bigger, something bigger than, than really what I thought it was going to be, you know what I mean? Like, I heard about it, yeah, it's going to be on ESPN, and da, 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 da. but it was actually on ESPN. I got a lot of... Facebook with Chris, like a lot of like fans, you know what I mean? Like I think if I had like an Instagram or, or Twitter, if my Twitter was active, like I probably had a lot a lot of fans, a lot of people, because I got a lot of messages from people I haven't heard from and people I never heard of, like sending me like, <laughs> congratulations, man. I wish y'all the one, you deserved it, whether to play. It was good seeing you play again. Like it just opened a lot of doors or let a lot of people see me that ain't seen me play since probably college or not even get a chance to see me play. Well, that's probably true because you've been overseas for so long and even before that, having played uh, in the ABA and the D-League. I mean, it's not the most high profile of leagues, at least here in the United States. But, you know, overseas, you've had a, a very successful career for a very long period of time. It must have been nice to be back home and sort of playing in a high-pressure environment, high-visibility environment, I would imagine, huh? Yeah, it was, it was exciting, man. It was, it was good to see, like, Travel to Chicago. I've never been to Chicago. That was always a great experience. Like, I got to see here the Michael Jordan statue. Like, there's a lot of stuff like this tournament brought to me that I, I didn't plan. I, I wanted to do, but I didn't have it in my uh, my short-term plans. You know what I mean? It's probably like long-term after basketball, go to Chicago, go to New York, do all these things. You know what I mean? But with the TVT, I brought it earlier. You know what I mean? We didn't know we were going to go that far, but at the same time, like, it opened a lot of doors for me to see my family. I think the family members in New York. I got to see Chicago, like even uh, even traveling to L.A. It was a good uh, road trip for my family. So I know you're not on Twitter and apparently it doesn't sound like you're on much of like Instagram and stuff like that. But you were getting a lot of attention. You know, Dan Dockage, Mark Jones, Jeff Goodman, um, Bob Volgaris, they all said like, really great things about you, that you were, you know, equal to these guys in the NBA. How does that make you feel when you hear, you know, sort of guys that follow the game very closely say those things about you? I mean, it's, it's like a bittersweet it's a, it's a bittersweet because like them knowing that I could play at that level and me not being at that level it kind of like it don't bother me now but like 
few years ago, man, I probably would have been like super angry. You know what I mean? Now I'm just kind of like floating around. No, I'm look my age look, I'm 33 now. Like, you know what I mean? I'm just enjoying life now. Like it's kind of like it's kind of like how Kobe said, like he didn't gave everything he got to the game. Like, like I'm I'm excited. I don't I don't have no regrets. But you're saying a couple of years ago you would you would have felt pretty angry about it because you hadn't been given that opportunity before. Yes, I would. Sh- sh- Sure enough, like, especially when I played in Germany, like, I know that was like, I think that was my last, I, I wouldn't say my last opportunity, but I think that was my final shot at getting in because I played so good that year. And it was like on a big stage in Germany, Germany, a big, well-known league. And uh, I took a team from like not ever going to the playoffs and making the playoffs for the first time and leading the league and scoring. Like, I did so many things positive in my career that year that I knew for sure I was going to get a chance in the NBA. You know what I mean? And and don't get me wrong, I had some chances. I had some opportunities. Like, uh, I had Orlando, Orlando, Magic, Orlando Magic, but they wanted me to sign a daily contract, and my agent wasn't, like, too, like, fine with that. You know what I mean? He was yeah. like, oh, you can make more money overseas and don't want you to get stuck in the D-League. Is there part of it, aside from the finances, though, that, you know, even today at 33, you know, following what hopefully will be a good season there, uh, for Canarias that you would actually pursue that if the opportunity presented itself? Oh, yeah, for sure. I wouldn't turn it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it was there and, like, and, and like a team actually, like, gave me a chance, of course, I, like, I pursue it and I work my, my butt off. And uh, I don't I don't, I don't, don't blame nothing on age because I feel, I feel just as good as I do when I was 25 as I do now. I just, just I just don't dunk now. You know what I mean? Right. Like, <laughs> I, I'm still still fast, still can shoot the ball. Actually, I shoot better now. Shoot the ball good, uh, smarter. You know what I mean? Just it's just having a veteran game now. Is your shooting something that has improved as you've gotten older? I mean, it sounds like it has, huh? Yeah, for sure. Like if I was shooting like I'm shooting now, and when I played in the D League, I'm for sure I'd have been in the NBA. Did you make an adjustment or something that happened along the way, or how did that suddenly click for you? Uh, repetition. You know what I mean? I think I think. I was so talented, like getting to the basket. I never focused on like shooting the ball. Like I didn't feel like that was that much of a weakness. But I used to always be told by the NBA, like you got to be able to knock down a shot consistently, and da-da-da-da. you know what I mean. Like I was getting, I was coming up in the era with Steve Nash. Where Steve Nash was one of the best shooters. You know what I mean. Now it's like all about athleticism. You know what I mean. You got like a Westbrook, like the point guard. Point guard position changes every year. You can have a point guard change the whole NBA league and what what teams look for from one player. Like when Steve Nash was MVP, they were looking for a, a point guard that can shoot and pass the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and I and I was in that era. I wasn't that type of player. I was like I could pass the ball, but I was more like athletic and get to the basket and using my speed. You know what I mean? How do you feel like in your? I guess we can kind of start from high school. I mean, were you an AAU player? Did, were you recruited out of high school? What was your story there? That's crazy that you asked me that. Uh, and a- I never did AAU. Like I played on like some small AAU, t- AAU teams that used to start up. But my biggest problem, like they had the Arizona Stars, and they practiced like I say like thirty, forty minutes from my house. So I never had like transportation to get to the like the gyms and stuff like that. Like I wasn't fortunate to get rides all the way out to like Moon Valley and stuff like that. So. I was kind of like under the radar, like everybody knew about me in Arizona, but I wasn't known worldwide. You know what I mean? And that's, I think that kind of hurt me, but at the same time, it, it humbled me to make me play harder and, and it probably got me where I'm at now. So out of high school, you go to Gil- uh, Chandler Gilbert Community College, which, um, you know, 
assuming that you know that maybe wasn't your ultimate destination, but you end up at Cal Strait Northridge. How did that scenario arise? Uh, I went to Chandler Giver because I, my old high school coach, he, uh, he got the job there. So, uh, I think I was a freshman and he's, he, uh, he had me playing varsity. So I, I knew he like believed in me from, from having me a freshman playing varsity. So when I went to Chandler Gilbert, <coughs> it was already a relationship there. You know what I mean? Uh, and I actually did well there. I was like an all American. I averaged like 28 points a game. Like, like, and it's crazy though, because I was going, it's, <laughs> It's crazy because I, I told myself if I averaged 30, I was going to enter the draft. And I was like 28.9. <laughs> like, it, it's crazy. And, and that's a serious it's a serious quote I told myself. So if you are, if you average 30, you're ready for the NBA. Yeah. I said, if not, you're not. And I was like 28.9. Like, I could have still been ready. You know what I mean? It was, right, just, right. it was just a challenge. But then I ended up going to uh, – I got to Cal State Northridge. Actually, it's crazy. They came to one of my games recruiting another guy. Uh, and I probably had like 30 something on them. And then, then they started calling me. It's it just funny how that worked. And then they showed so much interest. Like I kind of committed to them early and I kind of committed, I committed to them early. So it was like, it was like a, a relationship before I even got there. Like I was talking to the coach every day. Like he was like, you know what I'm saying? Getting me guidance. Like you should do this. Make sure you take care of this. Like this is how it's going to be. Like it's basically give me all like the information. They were so like consistent, and I'm like the loyal type. Like if you show and pursue me, like I'm a, I'm gonna show the same loyalty back to you. And that's kind of what happened with Cal State Northridge. I ended up going out there, and I had to sit out a year. I think that kind of hurt me in a way because like it kind of took me out of my rhythm because I sat out a whole year without basketball. So you come back from that year and, and finish up the final two years of eligibility there at Cal State Northridge. Um, you know, played very, very well. And then you jump into professional ball with the ABA. And I think I remember you telling us in one of the press conferences after your game is that your first stop, the team folds and you didn't get paid. Yeah, we didn't get paid. I was out there for like two months. No money. For, you know how it is out of college. You really ain't got no money. Like Right. My, my my grandma was sending me a couple hundred dollars, but that that don't that don't do nothing for you when you cross the country. You know, what I mean, I was in Canada, my first time overseas, and I mean, they was feeding us and stuff, but it, like they wasn't giving us like money. You know what I mean? Like what we needed to survive. I had bills already, like all the little things. You know what I mean? So I was out there, kind of like, man, is this basketball? You know what I mean? Like I was out there with a good group of guys, and it was kind of the same situation with them. They they, they it folded for them too. You know what I mean. I had a lot of guys on that team that end up stopped playing basketball because of the situation. Because it was kind of their first year out. You know what I mean. So after that folded, I just went home and then I got a call from Mexico and then I ended up going to Mexico and playing. And so was Mexico sort of where you first started to realize where your potential uh, career could take you? Whether it was you know Central America, uh, North America overseas in Europe, uh, where did you first start to kind of see that, hey, I could build a decade-plus career playing overseas? I, I didn't, actually. Like, uh, when I went to Mexico, I was like, uh, yeah, this is cool, but this is not the level I should be playing on because, like, some of the players, like, the basketball wasn't high level. I just came from college, you know what I mean? So the basketball wasn't high level like that. I was average, I was out there averaging 30-something, you know what I mean? Like, it was, it wasn't like, I wouldn't say it was necessary. It wasn't good. It was fun basketball, but it wasn't like getting me better basketball. You know what I mean? It was more like freestyle, one on one. Like it wasn't really like our practice. We played four games a week, and it was just 
it was fun though. Like I love the crowd. I love the experience. Like it was just, I knew I shouldn't have been there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you, where does this sort of uh, idea come from then that you're going to head over to Europe and is that from your agent saying, Hey, you have an opportunity in Germany. How do you go uh, from, I guess the question is, it's always interesting to me is like, how do you go from sort of playing in what most people would say is sort of a lower level league in Mexico to making the jump to going to play in Europe? Uh, and, and, and it's kind of crazy. I didn't go from Mexico to Europe. I went from Mexico to the NBA. I went from Mexico to working out with the Suns that summer and get invited to camp. So I went from I went from Mexico to getting invited to camp with the Suns to the then the D League. You know what I mean? Like I had a lot of people that knew I had potential. You know what I mean? It just gave me a chance. And like the guy knew somebody that worked with the Suns. Like, hey, we got a guy. Can we bring him in? I was like, yeah, sure, bring him in. Like. And then I was just like, I was winning all the games. I was like leading the team and stuff. And like, they seen something in me that they like. And then they invited me to camp because like one of the guys, like passports didn't get cleared or whatever. And I was the first on their list. So I was like, I was kind of excited. And it was a good opportunity for me. You know what I mean? But you got to think about it coming from, like I said, like the quality of basketball in Mexico, going from Mexico to the NBA. Like I went from freestyling to playing again, NBA players. So like, I wouldn't say necessarily I was rusty, but I could say like I was athletic enough to stay in camp long enough and make it through preseason. But like my skill level was still needed some work on. You know what I mean? You're right. So what did you? What kind of advice were you given at that point from the Suns about you know what you need to do? Was that where you learned? Like they told you you got to get the outside shot down. Uh yeah, they was, they they just told me like you you're an NBA player for sure like it's just our situation is different because they had just signed uh Boris D out to a big contract and they were like over the luxury tax and they would really love to keep me and you know what I mean I don't know if they say that to say that but like that's they made me feel like they really wanted to keep me. uh and it was probably more more most the most hardest like I say the hardest thing I had to deal with like I cried when they cut me like. And when they told me it was more than just basketball because you belong in the league, that's when I like kind of started viewing basketball as more of a like uh, a business than like actual basketball. You know what I mean? How much of a transition is that then mentally for you as a kid that kind of obviously grew up fantasizing and dreaming about playing in the NBA to kind of come to that realization that it really is a business fundamentally? Uh. It hurt me a lot at first, but, like, my love for basketball was, like, way above that. You know what I mean? Like, it was way above just playing in the NBA. Like, I just wanted to prove that I can play in the NBA. Like, anytime I get a chance to play against an NBA player, like, I, I held my own or even play better than them. Or when I when I, even when I went to the D-League, it was kind of a business, too, because I went to the D-League. My first game is crazy. I almost had a triple-double. I had, like, 15 points, nine assists, eight rebounds. And then the next game, I'm sitting, I didn't play the whole game because they didn't want me to get a call up right away. They just got, like, it was just like little stuff like that, like, that kind of messed up, messed with my head. Like, and when you really don't have, like, someone in your ear, like, a, like an older figure or a father figure or something like that, like, it's tough, you know what I mean? Because basically, I'm making a decision off of what I know or what I've been through, you know what I mean? I kind of, like, raised myself as far as, like, being a man. And I was just going off like stuff I did. Like I made some some bad decisions. Like even the following year in the D League, I was actually with one of the best coaches like in the D League, uh, Joe Wolf. And I had I went from Anaheim to getting traded to Colorado, 
and he was a great guy. He he was letting guy he understand basketball. He was like a, a, a players coach. And he was letting guys go home and you know what I mean when they had a chance or you know what I mean just to deal with problems and. He gave me opportunity to go home, and it was one of those situations like I didn't have money, like the D League didn't pay much, and uh, and then the Mexico team, the same team I played for, they was going, they was offering like eight thousand, nine thousand a month. That was probably the most money I made since you know what I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> since coming out of college. And uh, I jumped on it, and I called Wolf, and I was like, man, listen, uh, I really need the money right now, like, and he was very understanding. He was like, okay, well. If you ever decide to come back, because Mexico wasn't linked to like any Europe or it didn't void my contract, said whenever you're ready to come back, just let me know. He was just that type of coach, you know what I mean? And uh, the following year, he gets a job with an NBA team, and I feel like bad because like I was one of his like players that he probably would have gave a chance if I had stayed, you know what I mean? And that's just a decision I made and I had to deal with. So, do you feel like if you had had that sort of father figure telling you what to do, you might have made a different choice. Is that what you're saying? Uh, I'll say yes and no. I'll say yes because, like, I would actually listen to somebody else. Like, I was just going off instincts. Like, look, I needed money now. Like, you know what I mean? My family needed help. Like, it was bigger than just me. You know what I mean? If it was just me and I had somebody on my side taking care of my bills and making sure everything was okay and saying, like, hey, just ride this out. I got you. Like, the situation probably would have been different, but it was more of a like financial situation where Mexico right then and there was the best choice for me and my family. You know, you kind of touched on this a little bit during uh, some of the press conferences at TBT, and I, I, you just brought it up again. I kind of want to ask you a little bit more about it, but your family situation, uh, I think I remember you telling us that you were raised by your grandmother. Is that right? Yes. So yes. Can I'll you kind of give us a little bit of background? Like, where did you grow up? You know, what was your, your home life like, siblings, stuff like that? Uh, it's it's crazy. Uh, when I was born, I guess this is a story I get. I don't know the whole story. <laughs> when I was uh when I was born, like uh, say what, two or three months, uh, my mother left me with my grandmother, and my mom went to New York, and uh, and my dad was still in Arizona, but my dad was like still working and trying to like get himself together. You know what I mean? So my grandma kind of took me and my older sister in, and uh, pretty much raised us from toddlers to I say about I don't even lie till I was like twenty five she was taking care of me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh it was just more a situation like my dad was in the military and he traveled a lot and like back then like the military like it traumatized you and there was just so much stuff. Like I make a lot of excuses for my mom and my dad but I just felt like my grandma was in a situation where she could have helped us, and, and she did. She did. She gave put her life to the side and, and raised us. And like I love her to death. Uh, she still she's she's like eighty nine now. Like she's still upbeat, like she was when I, when I was a kid. She used to go outside, throw the football with me. Like it was just like, but you always like need that father figure. You know what I mean? You always need somebody. It's hard to talk to her about certain things. You know what I mean? Like. And she was one of them, one of them parents that believe everything you say. Like, like, have you did this late? No, I didn't do this. Okay, I believe you. Like, <laughs> right. right? You know what I mean? But like, she was just a loving person. But I don't know. I don't. I don't regret it. Like, I don't know what type of man I'd be if I had both of my parents in my life. But like, I love the way my grandma raised me, and uh, and it was me, and my sister, and then like my dad had some more kids, and she raised them too. So it was like a group of us in the house. But like, 
And our bond is like to this day, like we still like I still talk to all my sisters. I talk to my dad. Like my relationship with my mom is kind of shaky. Like I know she's my mom. I love her, but it's just hard for me to talk to her at times because I feel like she could have did more for me than what she did. Did you end up being able to meet up with her in New York when you were in New York for the championship? Uh, no. Actually, I didn't like it. Was it's crazy though because uh. I played in, uh, remember I told you I played in the ESPN Bracket Buster when we went to, uh, we played Fairfield, I think. I think it was Fairfield. Yeah. And uh, she came to my game or whatever. And I think that was the last game I invited her to because, uh, I don't know, I just didn't like the, the vibe. You know what I mean? Like, it didn't feel it didn't feel right. And I was more, like, hurt than, than happy. You know what I mean? So when this time came around, like, uh, I didn't tell nobody, but I told a, a few of my uh, sisters, I told my sisters about it that live in New York, and they weren't able to make it. And uh, I'm pretty sure she found out I was playing out there, and she could have made it to the game, but I wasn't reaching out to her to tell her to come. Yeah. When you were a kid growing up, I mean, was basketball, a lot of times I think it's a little bit maybe cliche to say that sports are like a refuge from whatever, but... I mean, was basketball something that, that you kind of used to fill certain holes that maybe you were perceiving in home? Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah. That was my outlet to everything. My, that was my outlet away from, like, being around. Because I grew up in a neighborhood with a lot of gang members and, and stuff like that. and You know what I mean? Basketball was my outlet to everything. It was my outlet from, like, really not having parents in my life. You know what I mean? Like, I went there and, like, I met coaches and, like, they was kind of like my inspiration. Like I had a, uh, a coach to this day. I still talk to him. Like, and I tell him every day, like, man, you, you, you made me in the person I am now. Like you believed in me. Like you talked to me, you treated me like I was your own. Like, and, uh, and I, and to this day, I still talk to him. I still send him messages and he, he praised me more than he like get praised to himself. And I tell him like, like you're the reason I'm, I'm where I'm at. Like, yes, I like you, you're the start of a lot of things. Like, uh, and I want to tell him his name, Tim Mask. Like I had to tell you his name. Yeah. Well, how do you spell that? T I M. Yeah. M A S K. M A. Tim Mask, and he's in Phoenix still. He's in Phoenix still. He used to work at a uh, Salvation Army, and like he just took me on his wing. He took a lot of guys on his wings. You know what I mean? Like, and I've seen a lot of guys that that similar situations. Maybe they didn't have a mom. Maybe they had a dad. Or, Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. Like it was a different, like different setup. But there was a lot of people with the same vision, getting away from the drugs, getting away from like the bad stuff, and to just come together, being a family. Like I still to this day know so many people. Like, and we call us ourselves the Salvation Army, like because we still talk to each other. I still keep in touch with them. I try. That's why I open my Facebook up because that's the only way I can keep in contact with a lot of people that I like I used to talk to or used to play with. And that's the way they can keep up with me. And they're like, man, I'm so proud of you. You're still doing what you love. Like I wish I would have kept doing it. And, you know what I mean? Cause there's a lot of guys better than me. You know what I mean? But I was one of them players. Like I just couldn't take no for an answer. Like, How long do you think you'll keep it up? That's a good question, man. Uh, whew. It really depends on how my body hold up and like, I'm just, I'm just excited being a daddy, man. Like, and I feel like I, and, and I think that's the biggest thing is not being able to spend as much time and do as much as I want to do with my family. And like, that's something I'm like, I didn't have, you know what I mean? So, and I feel like I'm, yes, I'm providing right now for my kids and my family, but at the same time, I feel like money ain't always the solution. Like, I think love is more important than buying your kids gifts. 
You know what I mean? Going out, sit down, take them to the park, like riding the bike with them or not just giving them a toy. Hey, here, go play with it. You know what I mean? And that's kind of like the situation now. Like I come home, practice, I'm tired. I take a nap. Like it takes away from all the stuff like I want to do with the kids. You know what I mean? So I, 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 it really depends. It, it really depends on a lot of stuff. It got to be the right situation because I signed a two-year deal here. So, like, if I play good these next two years, maybe one, maybe two more years, like, I don't see it going past 35, 36. You never um, know. I mean, you never know. You could be one of these yeah, guys, especially know. with the it's shooting, a, right? Yeah, if you shoot my, if you shoot basketball, you shoot, you play for a long time. That's right. You know, you mentioned during TBT, Davin, that a lot of what you were doing now is about setting the stage for your sons now. And you have two... What does that mean to you? Like, you know, setting the stage for them or giving them, I guess, opportunities maybe that you didn't feel like you had? Man, it's, it means the world to me. It, it just it just baffles me that my parents, like, didn't have the same vision I had. You know what I mean? And maybe I wouldn't be the way I am if I didn't have it. Like, if I, if I grew up a different way. But it's just, this world is crazy because, like, like most of like the successful people know somebody that know somebody that know somebody that know somebody. You know what I mean? And it's not like if you're not born into money or you you gotta work. You know what I mean? Like if if you don't have no connections, like you gotta work. And I feel like all this work I have done, like it led me like to, to open a lot of doors for my kids. And I think that's way more important than me being like a like a selfish person where I'm like, okay, well let me go sell some drugs or let me go do this or let me go do that. Like, I'm not saying like I'm the perfect person, you know what I mean? But like, I want to open a lot of different doors for my kids. And I, I think that's, that's the biggest thing that, that was drive me today. Like that, that's what keeps me going. Do you feel like, like cause, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to ask you, I mean, do you feel like you want them to get involved with basketball the way that you have? Or when you say opening doors, are you just talking about, you know, opportunities educationally, academically, things of that sort. Everything, man. Educationally, like meeting good people, like like Dan. I hate to say, it, you're a great guy, man. Like, <laughs> thanks, man. And I and I promise you, like, I want my kids when they get older to to know who you are. Jeff Goodman, great guy. You know what I mean? I seen the interview with him talking. I don't know what it's KD or somebody. And I was like, man, I actually sat down and talked to Jeff. Jeff's a great guy. If, if people like that, like, I was probably never met. If it wasn't for basketball, you know what I mean? Like, and it's just like my kids, like, who is this guy, dad? Like, who is it? Oh, man, you don't understand. Like, this guy that started the TT. like, these are guys that, like, I met playing basketball. Like, the world is bigger than just these guys you see running around the streets. And, you know what I mean? Like, the world is crazy. Like, if you don't get out and see it yourself, like, you, you will basically think, like, this is what life is. You know what I mean? Well, you know, that actually leads me to another question that I find interesting about the nature of professional basketball for Americans overseas is that you end up not only traveling to countries that most of us never go to, but actually living in them, you know, like Bulgaria, Serbia. Um, I mean, what is that? Did you have any idea growing up that, you know, your life might take you the path that it has? Not at all. It's crazy because sometimes, sometimes I sit back and think when I do got time, like, man, I'm really on the island playing basketball. Yeah. Like I really played in Bulgaria. Like it's it's times where I'm just sitting here and I'm thinking like, man, this is where basketball took me. Like like yes, I would love to play in the NBA, but like this is the greatest experience for my family. Like 
but it's great for them to go overseas. You know what I'm saying? Because they see something different. You know what I mean? Like they're not seeing all the same stuff we see every day that I saw every day. Like, you know what I'm saying? Gang members and walking to the store not being safe. And they get to see a lot of stuff that, that I didn't get to see at a young age. So I, I think their vision on life is going to be a lot higher than what I had. You know what I mean? Uh, let me ask you, are you a sports fan just in general? Yes, oh, I love sports, man. I, I love. I'm from Arizona. I love every Arizona team. So every regardless, team. it could be the Suns, it could be the Cardinals, it could be the. Bears. I love them all. Growing up watching the Suns, like I have Charles Barkley, you have Steve Nash, you have Kevin Johnson, like you have all these like superstars that played on your team, and now you're like watching them, like who's this guy? Who's this guy? Yeah. Like, yeah. Who's, you know what I mean? It's nothing against them guys; they're professional basketball players, but. It's, it's not attractive as it was when I was younger. You know what I mean? I still watch it because I'm always going to be a Phoenix Suns fan. So are you imparting that same fandom on your kids? I mean, are they all Phoenix fans too? No, nah, they they open to be whatever fan. I'm not pushing no kids, no no teams or nobody. Because my son, <laughs> my son, yo, we were talking about, Daddy, look, I'm Steph Curry. And I'm like, why you can't be Dobbin White, man? Like. <laughs> Well, we've got. Yeah, I mean, I know of at least one eight or nine year old who's running around wearing a Dobbin white jersey right now, Um, and you know that's a a credit to you. For those that don't know the story, after the championship game, which um, a team twenty three lost, really in heartbreaking fashion, um, young boy came up to you, just told you. I think he said that something along the lines of, you know, you were his favorite player in the tournament. Can you kind of recount that story for us? Yeah, man, it was it was one of those situations where I was like just like kind of hurt about the situation of losing, you know what I mean? I wasn't hurt for me. I was hurt for the players around me, you know what I mean? Like I really wanted to put money in, in, in Andrew Kelly's like pocket, you know what I mean? First year out, like that would have been great for him because I know what I went through. But he came up to me, man, and it was like he was so shy. And, you know what I mean? It just reminded me of like me, if I would have met my superstar, if I would have met somebody like super famous, like how I probably would have been. And, like, how the reaction I probably would have wanted from a guy that, like, I looked up to, like, and that, and that's kind of, like, how I am. That's the type of person I'm like. I like I like signing autographs. Like, I like doing stuff like that. And uh, when he came up to me, like, a lot of people was asking me for my jersey. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, because I just felt like they just wanted it to want it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and when he came up to me and, like, he was, like, kind of shy. I'm like, it's okay, man. You can talk to me, like – and then he smiled a little bit, and he was like, oh, I'm your greatest fan. And I was like, thank you. Like, And I was like, you know what? Like, This will probably be a perfect opportunity to give him something to remember me. You know what I mean? Because this is my first time playing the TBT. Like, I don't know when I'll probably see this kid again. But to to, to be able to give him something that means something to, like to me, not just to give it away. You know what I mean? I gave him my jersey. like, And it was so sweet, man. And I feel so bad because like before I left the country, I got a letter in the mail from the kid, and it said uh, a lot of sweet things. Did I bring it with me? No, I didn't bring it with me. He brought me. He sent me a letter saying like he's my favorite. Like I'm my favorite player. Thank you for everything. Thank you for the jersey and good luck. Good luck this year. And it, it just meant it meant so much to me, man. And I and I felt so bad I couldn't write him back, man. But I was like on my way out the door yeah. and. You know what I mean? And I thought I brought it with me. I'm going to check my luggage again. I ain't really unpacked all the way yet. Uh, I'm going to check my luggage again. But I, 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 I've I, been trying to find a way to get a hold of it. 
and and, it, and it's been hard. And I'm glad that you contacted me because now I can actually tell him thank you. For Absolutely. Everything. Well, I'm sure he's going to listen to this, and uh, I'll be sure to get you his email address too if I can find it. Yes, please. Um, what I wanted to ask you too, uh, Dobbin, you mentioned just a second ago it was your first time playing in TBT. Can we expect to see you back in 2016? For sure, man. It's, it's just tough though because there's so many players that like, yo, like you want to play with us. And, it's just like, do you want to bring the same team back? And it's like a yes and a no type thing. Like, yes, I want to play with the same guys, but yeah, I know it's going to be a lot tougher this year. Like, and, and of course, like I want to play this year and I'm looking forward to playing, but I know it's not going to be easy and it wasn't easy last year. Like, it's going to be a lot tougher. Like, teams will really stack their team because all that publicity and all that stuff real, like, it was it was real, so now it's like way bigger than it was two years ago. You know what I mean? Right. So now you're gonna have like ex NBA players trying to play in it. Like it's gonna be crazy. Like, well, it's definitely you know the leap from 14 to 15 was pretty big. I think the leap from 15 to 16 will be bigger. <laughs> and um, but you know, I mean, you can more than hold your own, Davin. I wouldn't second guess anything like that. And I'm sure you have that same confidence in yourself too. Listen, I really appreciate your time. I know. Uh, you know, with two little kids, it's it's always tough to carve out a half hour, or so to speak. But I really do appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Like any time you can call me during the season, I'm actually <laughs> actually a lot of, a lot a lot more excited to talk about basketball now. I'm playing a little better. We're winning now. Uh, we're heading in the right direction with our team, and that's right. It's getting a lot better. I think you said you all had won now three out of the last four. Yeah, we three and one, and actually we beat two of the top teams last Grand Canary and. Uh, and Victoria, Kuska, uh, and it's just, it's just a good, it's just, it's just getting better. Sure, it sounds like a fun time to be over there. Again, appreciate your yeah. time, Davin, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, then.